Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Quarter to four on Kaya FM 95.9. Uh, you're listening to the home of the Afropolitan. My name is Musiburi Whitehead, hanging out with Sandile van Heerden as we try and make sense of the State of the Nation address delivered by President Cyril Ramaphosa last night. Of course, there was the drama that... Uh, ensued in uh, the National Assembly that saw his speech delayed by over and half an, by over half an hour, I beg your pardon. But the question is what can we take out of this, especially for young people, because a lot of the speech focused on unlocking the potential of young people as we try and solve the terrible unemployment crisis. Are we optimistic? Is there anything we can take out of it? Well, let's talk to a young person. We're joined in studio by Pearl Pile. She is a book enthusiast, feminist, and blogger. And you can uh, follow her. It's called Pearl Pile at blogspot.com. And interesting pieces there on race, violence, and brown people. And also on the Fees Must Fall movement. Pearl, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming in. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, welcome. What do you think of the sauna? <sighs> Do I have to answer like an analyst or like a young person? A little bit of Whichever way you want. I was, I was saying to myself yesterday, like I have to be so balanced and so objective, you know, and try so hard not to say how bored out of my mind I was. Mm. Um, I think it was interesting. I think if you think about last year's Sona, the theme was a low budget Martin Luther King with his dreams of a better country and smart cities and all of those (laughs) fancy things. And I feel like this year's Sona was a lot about master plans. We heard about master plans on like steel and poultry and clothing and textiles and, 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 and. Um, I was expecting more. I was expecting something a little less vague um, and I think the sauna for me really sums up what we've been saying um, in a lot of the public discourse where our leaders do not live in the same country that we live in no. so when you listen to some of the things he was saying you were just like okay but dude like do you know what we live through do you know what give us an example of what you of what you so for example i wanted to see more around education um mm. i think the sum total of what he talked about was around the vocational and training um curriculum that's being introduced and uh, the tivit colleges yeah exactly and so for me the thinking was if you're going to be doing this um for kids in high schools right so you're doing vocational training that's cool and then what mm. and then you go to a tvet and that's cool and then what we don't have an economy that values people who go to tvet institutions right it's really difficult for wow. people from those institutions to get a job to find work in meaningful work right um outside of kind of like very basic start your own business kind of stuff um and so it didn't seem like there was really a picture of success in what he wanted um the other thing is i was thinking about the coding and robotics that are going to go to grade r to grade three and i thought kids don't have toilets and sure. you're going to be teaching them robotics i mean let's even leave that right we've been talking about tablets mm-hmm. since 1792 um and those still haven't been rolled out to everybody mm-hmm. and so now so when they do they get stolen when they do they get <laughs> stolen or sold right because that's the state of the economy that we live in mm-hmm. um and so it just seems like the priorities were a little bit skewed i was mortified to not hear anything about fees um, so he talked about building new uh, universities, mm-hmm. the, the crime detection university and the University of Science and Innovation. And I thought, 
great another place for students to protest at because you can't afford the fees mm. another place to call private security to shoot at us you know um, and it just felt like the priorities specifically of us young people were not being heard and responded to in ways that make sense we didn't have proper timelines we didn't have progress reports we just had these big grand visions of what he's going to be doing and and the research we're going to get and the reports we're going to hear but as an everyday South African mm. I felt felt like okay but nothing about this changes my life in any meaningful way what as young people you say the priorities what are the most important priorities for young people in south africa now so I think firstly, one of the biggest things, particularly for young women, is gender-based violence, right? We all know that we're yeah. in absolute crisis mode when it comes to GBV. Um, and all he talked about was how the people are going to be put on a sex offenders registry, which, by the way, is not public information. So even if your name is on there, it's not like we can access it and check and be like, oh, is Mang Mang a sex offender? You wouldn't know. Um, the other thing was around like bail and sentencing being stronger and you know heavier penalties. But that assumes that people make it to the police station mm. and that the police take you seriously enough to lay a charge and you follow all of those legal processes. Most of it doesn't happen because, I mean, you're dead before you can do that. And so it didn't seem like there was a sense of urgency around that. Mm-hmm. The other thing, obviously, we know is youth unemployment. And he set out, I think, I think it was six um, plans that they want to roll out. And they all sound like different versions of the same thing that haven't been working. So kudos. I mean, our president is a big recycler. He's really serious about recycling. All these policy interventions are being recycled. You know, he's really like pushing for the green economy, which I appreciate. It just doesn't help when you're thinking about unemployment. Um, So a prime example is the Youth Employment Service, which was a big hoo-ha. Um, last year and the year before, we haven't heard what their progress is from um, something that I read a few days ago. It was only 13,000 jobs that apparently have been created. Um, And remember, these are not jobs, these are just work placements. Mm. So you go in for a year or whatever and then you're done, right? Um, And so his plans was basically, you know, we're going to do more with yes. We're going to launch this pipeline project. We're going to do this and we don't know when. We don't know who it's meant to serve and we don't know what it's supposed to do. And I think it points to a complete misunderstanding of the youth unemployment issue. It's not just that young people don't have skills. It's not mm. just that we the courses that are available are too long, because I know he mentioned that yesterday, saying we're going to get shorter training courses. It's that there aren't jobs, right? And when they are, you're in horrible work environments. You're facing systematic racism. You can't, you can't afford transport to get to work, mm. right? What mm. you earn is not enough. There's all of these barriers that are just completely unaddressed because this man thinks that the only problem we have is skills. It's the home of the Afropolitan, Kai FM 95.9, getting the perspective of young people on the State of the Nation address. And young blogger Pearl Pile joins us in studio, echoing the comments made by some of the opposition parties who I think we can say in the main felt as though the president's speech, uh, President Sil Ramaphosa's speech was a little bit too general and uh, wasn't specific enough and wasn't bold enough to say this is exactly what we're going to do. These are the timelines. This is how we're going to do it. And this is by when we're going to do it. Uh, she's sharing her thoughts with us and you can share yours using the hashtag the drive through. Yeah. Pearl, if I can ask you one thing, I mean, you've, you've done political studies at WITS and this is just how I feel, but I want to get your view. Is politics and are politicians standing in the way of this country actually moving forward? 100%. Um, I How think do we fix that? Burn everyone. <laughs>
<laughs> that, that, I, that's a joke. <laughs> Sit in chest. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Um, he says nervously. <laughs> yeah. He shuffled in his seat. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I really think that our problems are outnumbering us, mm-hmm. and. Because on the one hand, you want to say young people need to participate more and be active citizens. We're already doing that, right? There, there needs to be a sense of consequence. And I don't think we have that where we're go- we need to actually disinvest from the system and say, you know, what, we're not doing this. So I'm going to give you an example. And it's something I'm really, really ticked off about. Um, the national youth policy, um, the previous policy ends this year. That man did not say a word about that policy. Right. The second thing about it is that the draft new policy. So previous policies were five year terms. The new policy is a 10 year policy. It's already been gazetted by government, which means they've not done any public consultations. They just got people to write a policy and the man didn't say anything about it. So if you're saying because it's a nice, fun thing to say that young people are important, you're saying that in your speeches, but your actions don't reflect that you care about young people in this country. And I think the it might not be a full solution but i think one of the things is that there needs to be consequences mm-hmm. as young people we're constantly excluded but we keep going back right mm-hmm. we keep running back to this abusive relationship with our leaders and we keep saying well maybe things will change and if i go i'm gonna be the change and it doesn't work like that right mm-hmm. the system is not designed to help us flourish and i think it, we need to be able to check out of those systems and say you know what we're not going to participate in politics we're not going to vote we're not going to show up to these little conferences that you do that goes nowhere um there has to be real life consequences mm-hmm. and as long as they don't feel the consequences to them everything's fine i mean our president last year was shocked about load shedding right so our expectations already are very low and yeah. they're still not meeting it yeah. pearl pele um thank you so much for coming through and talking to us on the drive through i love what you say at the end there because i think i've given up on the, myself the older generation because as you say we are an abusive relationship we keep going back and voting the same way and expecting change which shows how insane we are so maybe it is time for the youth to break this whole system of politics and create a whole new one and do it their own way i think it's the only way this country can survive or improve and stop going backwards thank you so much that was pearl pele joining us on the drive-thru. Follow her pearlpillay.blogspot.com and she's on Twitter. She calls herself Vaseline Dion <laughs> at Pearl Pillay. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.